Madhuri is a published author, writer, fellow traveler, colleague and friend. I know Madhuri for over a decade now. We are both accidental learning and development practitioners. She was a college professor. I was a journalist who happened to find our calling in L&D. An idealist at heart, Madhuri loves to read, write, explore on everything L&D. So let's chat with Madhuri on a new episode of Work From Home Conversations with Divya. Hope you like it. Hi, Divya. Hey, Madhuri. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you clearly. Okay, great. So hi, how you been doing? I have been good working. Our industry, you know that there's like a lot of work these days. So yes, working and enjoying the work. That's good to know. Uh, so quickly, uh, let me ask you how you spent your past year. So how is the past couple of years being working from home? So I know we were in Accenture together and we worked from home quite regularly. Yeah. But at least we got a chance to meet once or we catch up for lunch or coffee yeah. and we haven't managed to do that. So how has yeah. the last year been for you? Frankly, you know, uh, I think, uh, yes, you know, uh, the pandemic was an unfortunate event, no doubt. But then for me, it has been really good uh, because what happens is you're cut off from the world uh, and you are stuck in the house and you somewhere, you know, find out what are the various possibilities. So I think I became more disciplined in managing my time and I used it very well. Apart from my work, uh, that is the regular office work, I used my time very well for personal things. Like I did some courses. I connected with some uh, industry experts from different domains, and I restarted some of my, you know, long pending hobbies. So I think it was a wonderful year as far as personal excellence is concerned. Okay, well, it's great to know. I know you've written a book on poetry and it's been published. So congratulations. So, how are you dealing with this new normal, not meeting with people? So, you said it's been productive, but uh, how will it be, say, two, three months down the line when things are opening up, people are expected to go back to work, people are yeah. catching up with friends and meeting people for lunches. How will that have an impact on you? Will you enjoy that bit as well because we've not been able to do it for so many years? Oh, yes, I'll enjoy that. Uh, when I say, see, uh, and you know that, you know, I, I completely enjoy work from home for its own reasons, because it helps us save a lot of time in travel. And uh, and and uh, if you are in Mumbai, I mean, you are from Mumbai, so I don't have to tell you mm. separately what it means. There are mm. times when I have traveled to and fro to office, even for five hours. So definitely, yeah. you know, I would prefer work from home. But yes, uh, catching up with friends. We haven't been, we haven't met over coffee for really long. Definitely, I would like. Uh, but yes, it has to be blend with work from home and uh, the socializing that we do, whether it's for professional reason or whether it's with friends. But yes, uh, I would uh, like to blend it. Yeah, sure. I mean that that would be an ideal situation. So, but. Uh, and we've done this for ages now. We've done working yeah. from home for almost a decade now, right? Yeah. But there are pros and cons there. But mm -hmm. uh, And we have, obviously, because we've done it for over a decade, we kind of mastered it. But we still had an outlet there where we could 
meet up people for the weekend yes. we still had ways to connect which yeah. hasn't been in the past two years so work from home has become different post covid that because you are continuously working from home and there is like we're socializing work mm-hmm. from home is becoming a little bit difficult to manage in that sense the expectations of all you and i both have joined yeah. a new organization in the past yeah. couple of yeah. years so yeah. how is it different from what it used to be pre covid work from home versus post covid work from home see there is one thing which which is simple like see earlier it was work from home by choice or mm-hmm. you know the facility that we had now we are forced to it you know like lot right. of people, even if um, if i have to talk about generic things like how about people uh not everybody prefers work from home because definitely being in office people have their own benefits they need the colleagues and lot of things you know get resolved face to face because as you rightly said we are used to it like we have been doing work from home from 2011 and prior to that yes work from home was challenging for me as well but now we are used to it uh and the one thing one difference that i see is earlier it was by choice now it's forced and anything which is forced uh, becomes troublesome uh, for people and even for us like there are days when you just feel like you know walking out meeting a friend or maybe go on a vacation so i think you know that force factor is something which is you know uh, adding or you can i'll say compulsion factor which makes it little uh, daunting uh the current uh, that is during the covid uh, situation post covid once everything will open how it will change um i think you know people will uh, like to have work from home but again you know they would like to blend it they would like to have a flexibility of working from home plus going to the office i mean in general i'm saying because now they have seen both the worlds i think you know there'll be a lot of blended thing and i think companies will also go for those blended approaches where you know they will have uh, they will give flexibility for working from home. so i think what we are trying to say it's earlier it was a privilege now it's become the new normal so obviously the perceptions have changed a little bit as well yes you know you you, you said it rightly it's the matter of perception actually you know uh, the perceptions will change like earlier people were not so i mean the regular office where you had to go to office and do you know uh, a desk job or a face to face you know interaction people are now open to virtual meetings and lot of stuff so yes it's more of a perception change now definitely so um working in the industry that we are we are lnd practitioners or learning and development practitioners mm-hmm. how has learning and development changed in the past two years so we know personally and professionally work from home works for us we have more time to do things but uh, from a professional standpoint we've mm-hmm. been in the industry for what 15 plus years both of us for sure yeah. Yeah. um uh, how has e-learning or learning and development as a domain changed in the past couple of years okay the first thing that i i think is has changed is mindset okay like uh, even in the learning and development like uh, a lot of people uh, see when i we are from content industry and we have been seeing content and technology and trends uh, you you know that we both you know are following the trends 
like machine learning ai uh, but apart from that what i see is uh, there was also this traditional practices that used to happen in lnd where still you know lot of classroom training used to happen there was a very different kind of a mindset towards approaching learning uh, learning and development so there has been lot of mindset change people have mm-hmm. adapted to virtual modes um, mm-hmm. plus you know e learning is really going big when i have to talk about the corporate training earlier it was a very different level of uh, focus on organizational changes and the kind of strategies they used to you know build for learning and development but now the strategies that people come up with is you know uh, more according to the new normal you know so they are using blended approaches they are using technology they are seeing how they can use you know ai in the best possible way to get the analytics so this is a kind of i think i say i will say the first change was mindset shift and mm-hmm. second is more adaptability to the newer ways of learning uh, and uh, definitely more expo- more uh, adaptability to the technology as well you know mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. the corporate profession yeah uh, so yeah if i have to talk about the edtech industry it's really gone big you know like mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. is getting into it and that mm-hmm. is going to be the main thing about e learning that edtech is going to go really really big uh with mm. the ai and machine learning coming uh, coming in newer players coming in in the market people are becoming more aware of edtech that is actually going to be a really big which is good which it it would be anyways i think be in terms of technology the leaps that we've taken in the last two years if it was a normal times we would have taken almost i think maybe 5 years to get where we have quickly yeah. got to today because we that was the demand for the day but in terms of corporate training uh, what is the shift so i know it's more virtual everything is virtual now face to face straight classroom trainings are obviously something to do in the past at least we are not immediately addressing them anymore so you spoke about blended learning you spoke about digital a uh, virtual learning we spoke about a lot of self paced learning but is this something that's been done vastly different in our approach compared to what we used to do earlier yeah yeah um yes you know when i say mindset a uh, mindset uh, shift is now uh, people see, you and me have very a fu- lot of funny stories you know in lnd mm. the kind of questions mm. people used to ask like mm. you know oh you just put content in the ppt oh uh, how are, like e learnings are not effective oh digital learning is not effective so even even from you know some of the seasoned learning and development professionals we we, ha- we have been you know hearing this but mm-hmm. now when i say mindset shift people know that it's possible okay if face to if there is no face to face virtually or you know uh, through e learning it's possible the shift is they are identifying how to make it more uh uh human centric or you can say more humane mm-hmm. uh and you know how to adapt higher skills like earlier they used to think uh, the knowledge and comprehension kind of things can be uh done in e learning and other uh, behavioral skills or other level of higher order of skills can't be done virtually or uh through e learning but now people uh, even the lnd professionals are open uh to explore those avenues like how we can do it 
and i think that gives a lot of scope for innovation not just in terms of technology but also in terms of strategy and the concepts people will come uh, mm. come uh, come up with and i think that's that's where you know concepts or you can say theories uh, application of theories like design thinking will come into picture i mean you and me both know it so that's how you yeah. know yeah people are becoming more open to it So yeah, so we use the cliche that people are finally thinking out of the box and yeah. finding out innovative ways to train professionals. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, future trend. Hope we are hoping will continue to be in that way only, and people will be more innovative in terms of learning and kind of more open towards using different methodologies and strategies because. Yeah. you and i have both been in situations where um uh no leadership doesn't want to necessarily rock the boat right is there something that's selling and that's something that's okay uh in terms of even technology people don't want to shift and have a mindset change and ruffle any feathers they just want to continue doing the business that they have been doing yeah. so at least with that thankfully i think people have realized that they need to innovate and they can't continue to do those barnyard uh, strategies that we've been doing for n number of years so that's a good thing for us definitely yes and you know we are getting lot of uh, lot of attention now professionals like <laughs> us <laughs> like earlier earlier like yeah i mean that you and me know so i'm i'm enjoying that attention because now it's i don't have to explain people that i don't just put content in the ppt and uh, what is e learning so at least you know you have some uh, typical case studies in the market you can say oh i do that kind of work and people mm. say oh, oh it's interesting it's creative so people so, trying and understanding what instructional design and e learning and what yeah. learning and development is all about and there's yeah. a huge need suddenly for instructional designers where earlier they used to assume we do training so yeah it's a huge uh, it's more of an awareness that's come into the industry now which is a good thing for us yeah. okay so what is of all the types of learnings that you've created in all your working what has been your favorite go to learning creation it could be an approach it could be a strategy see it uh, i usually see uh, it's i whenever i come up with a learning strategy it's not my what i like uh, what is best for that particular situation uh, so you know but if you ask me my personal choice or something which i enjoy i like stories and i think you know that i like uh, stories uh, storytelling so so any any uh, thing which involves that i enjoy so to give you a instructional approach uh, a scenario based gamification or a scenario based uh, role play branching role play i had done long back mm -hmm. which was like there was a criminal case uh, which we had to discuss uh, i mean uh, this was for uh, undergraduate law students uh, mm -hmm. this course was there there was a judgment that had to be given on a case and an entire branching scenario was created uh, simulated where you know a situation was given possibilities were given and what all different out outcomes were given and the case judgment so i think that was uh, something which i really enjoyed doing it 
uh, I come from a technical background with liking for literature. Uh, so I was good with flowcharts and logical thinking. So for that entire project, like that entire project, I wrote a four-page flowchart uh, which explained everything. That was a challenging bit. And this I did long back, I think you know, almost 12 years back. But uh, I still remember it because it was challenging. It challenged my uh, thought process. And I enjoyed doing it. Uh, so I think, you know, that kind of thing. Anything which has storytelling, uh, I enjoy. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think we are anyway moving more towards when you talked about humanizing and getting the human-centric aspect to it, yeah. we are moving more towards the storytelling kind of direction anyways. We yeah. are using more uh, real-life scenarios or office scenarios to try to expand on the central idea of the training and we are using a lot of characters to actually get that message across. So that's a good approach that I think the whole industry finally is getting aware of. So that's a good strategy to go to. Yes. Okay. So in all, again, in all the number of years of working, uh, what, so we've spoken about the serious aspect of LN, being LMD yeah. professionals, where we do a lot of research, we read a lot of material, we use our imaginations and creativity so that we can train professionals on any given topic. What are some of the fun aspects of uh, being a learning professional or a learning practitioner? Oh, there is lots because you know we, uh, you know that we do we handle a lot of uh, different departments. Like the first thing is uh, the way the client uh, see us. I I remember I'll give one example. Like I was talking, and you know that I had tried entrepreneurship, so mm. I had met mm. a client, and uh, I explained all the strategy and everything, and then that person turns around and says, "But why e learning? I can use YouTube." You know, so right from that kind of thing. So, you know, the way, uh, like, you know, I mean, it's difficult to, you know, even list down. There have been funny incidences always. Somebody, an extremely uh, senior leadership uh, once told me, oh, yeah, yeah, you go and uh, do the content development. We have done a lot. We have put a lot of content in the PPT. So, these kind of things. And then, you know, people using weird languages, idiomatic languages, um, like, you know, uh, somebody will use a very uh, poetic kind of a language, thinking that, okay, uh, instructional design is a literary piece, uh, mm. forgetting that it has to be simplified. They'll use uh, words like uh, wrap your head around the content. So there mm. are a lot of, lot of funny incidences. So whether it's, you know, reviews, when you do the reviews, there are extremely funny incidences that happen. Uh, one is like, you know, people will use this... Uh, poetic language and idiomatic language and you have to really convince them, hey, you know, you are not in a literature class and uh, this has to be simplified. You have to, the goal is to, you know, communicate to the learner. So, yeah, mm. Uh, mm. these are things that I think, you know, you can add because you have also come across a lot of funny incidences. We had a lot of client interactions who really wouldn't get what you're trying to say. And yeah. then we had yeah. those standard 
spell check issues where you're supposed to, it's supposed to say something and it changes on spell check and everything uh, sounds different wow. uh we had a lot of incidents where uh, we interpreted the client requirement wrong and like in oh, terms yeah. of graphics and something else turned out oh, yeah. to what exactly the client was saying so a lot of incidents there but really some show stopper stuff that you can remember which kind of it's also a bonding exercise i think and i yeah. i had a client sometime back and we we had uh, we, it it's not like a really funny incident but we just thought we'll surprise the client so we were making some illustrations okay. for like the overview Okay. of or uh, initiation of a hr program into the company okay. and we thought uh, there were folks uh, who were on the team they were like the uh, learning professionals from the client side the learning head and the learning team who were the key stakeholders for the client okay. so we decided we'll incorporate their caricatures into the illustrations okay. and we did not tell them about it we kind of kept it under wraps and uh, then we when they had the whole team there to see the illustrations for the first time uh, there were people screaming from the seats saying oh brian i see you there oh mark look that character looks like you kind of a thing so yeah. it was bonding for them because they realized we are on their team and the sense of humor matched and then things obviously moved really well from that point onwards and they used to play that video on the loop because i remember being on site and seeing it in their reception area it was a huge building there two huge buildings and yeah. in both the reception areas they would play that video on loop and you could see the mark or the davids or the harrys whom we put into the illustration every time look up smile and move on type of a thing so that was like a nice thing that we did and in the next round of illustrations we introduced few more people who were part of the core team so it was like they had something that they could look at for and share with their families i, I remember people taking uh, photographs of their characters that we have made of them and sharing it with their families and all and everybody was super excited about that yeah. so that was like a fun element that we had got into yeah. it yeah and i think training industry is all full of fun like you know if uh, you know that you have a i mean we know each other since long and you have a mm. better sense of uh, for comedy than i have definitely mm. <laughs> <laughs> i like to think so yeah <laughs> you know you have a good uh, sense of it i know that uh, so but i i completely find you know the training industry full of fun right from the delivery the trainers jumping at one place and yelling and saying this is it and trying to motivate people to write mm-hmm. from where the content development happens uh, there are a lot of day to day fun activities that we come across it's an enjoyable thing if you can enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of fun elements and i think you gave a very good example uh, to you know uh, you know that sums up everything yeah yeah so with so with so many people new joining and i know we are inducting a lot of people right now what would your perfect advice be for the young and the hopeful who want to like make a career in uh, the industry that we are in okay i'll give a uh, give something which i uh, which i came across very recently i was talking to some of the pressures and i mm. see that uh, they are an extremely clear uh, i mean lot of clarity they have and they know what they want and they don't don't they know what they don't want 
so that's hmm. a plus point with the younger generation with the kind of exposure they have uh, and you know uh, it's something different but somewhere you know the younger generation who's stepping in over there they need to realize that creativity is one aspect of instructional design but creativity has to be tied to a higher goal which is uh, facilitating learning they also have to adapt uh, to understand the trend and the biggest trend i think is understanding their target audience mm-hmm. so whether you use a technology or whether you are just writing a single line on a paper it has to be tied to your learner uh, learner what your target audience is so i would say learner centric approach so main thing is <clears throat> for the younger audience uh, yes creativity is one aspect of it the fun part is one aspect of it but there is a higher agenda to it uh, which is you know uh, learning uh, so they they should come up come with that open mind that 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 creativity innovation has to be tied up with the goal which is facilitating learning i also think they don't understand the kind of years or experience it will go for you to actually yeah. get great at your work so they are all from a very tiktok youtube generation so yeah. they think a video if you make a video and that video should serve its purpose they are not really looking at the budgets and not really looking at the financial aspect of it they are not really looking at the business side of it which yeah. i uh, which i agree is a little bit earlier for them in their career to even think of it from that perspective but they need to get there as quickly as possible because otherwise they are they are not going to understand the whole concept of it so as you said it's also it's a responsibility right where you are taking the responsibility to educate people to help them learn a certain required skill which will help them do their jobs better which will help them get the next promotion i don't think that seriousness they will get so soon they will have to have that patience and to spend yeah. that time in the industry to know it i see a lot of people even during their induction training kind of giving it up because they think it's easy but when you teach about okay. building a storyboard you talk about learning objectives and you have a full one one and a half hour training on just how to teach them to write objectives uh, the kind of reaction is oh it's too much of hard work yes and i think we thought it would be simpler kind of a thing you said the right word hard work somewhere you know though the uh, though the uh, generation that uh, you know uh, i mean the newcomers who are there in the industry they are really bright i would not you mm-hmm. know challenge that and you know sometimes i feel like you know sitting and listening to them because the kind of ideas they'll come up with but those mm-hmm. ideas need to be channelized second thing is hard work you know this you said it right they want uh instant things and very uh, less inclination towards uh, spending rigorous hours you know trying to crack something and doing the hard work there are few who are ready to do that but not all it's a instant gratification kind of a thing now if this is not working for me and if i need to spend 5 6 years to even reach the next level yeah. maybe i'm not cut out for it so that's the impression at least i'm getting hopefully people will stick around because we need a lot of new talent in our industry yeah so let's keep our fingers crossed for yeah. that so the patience level is missing 
and uh, they'll they'll keep uh, going like a rolling stone so some of them will some of them will not so that is something you know which we have which to which i think is completely fair not all of us have been doing this right from the beginning i've changed three careers they need to experiment for sure but yeah i mean they need to get that maturity a little bit faster yeah then we were give we had the yeah because time yeah to experiment i think in today's fast pacing world with the industry changing overnight they need to make up their minds faster they don't have the privilege to experiment for 30 years like we did yes you you i think you summed up that entire thing very nicely uh yes you know uh, things are changing very quickly so one has to be quick in decision making yeah any last sage words from you oh i have anything on uh, i had fun you know talking about uh, all the aspects of this so so i i you know that you know i look for fun whether it's work whether it's uh, my personal hobbies i just so i had fun that's it great thank you for taking the time out oh it was nice catching up with you for sure me too and uh, have a great day have a great weekend thank you same to you bye bye